Okay, everybody, congratulations for tuning in to the Mental Health Comedy Podcast with Ed Krasnick and Jennifer Kalari. Jennifer will be along shortly. This is a show, if you haven't heard us before, you know that there are deep problems in this country. No, you know that we talk about uh, mental health. We actually practice mental health skills on the show because mental health is a practice. And it's never been, it was never taught to me that way. Uh, I would, my posture would be so much different. I wouldn't have the posture of a question mark. Uh, I'd probably have a full head of hair. I'd probably be able to wear pants in a different manner. But no, no, it didn't happen that way. But, but how lucky am I to work with one of the great child and family therapists and somebody who does so much amazing work, skills, books. Anybody who writes a book called You're Ruining My Life, which is a book about t- parenting of teenagers, is, is number one in my book. You can actually connect with so much media that's so helpful on connectedparenting.com, connectedparenting.com. And that's where my co-host Jennifer Kalari uh, resides and does a lot of work there. She's in residence because it's her organization. The Mental Health Comedy Podcast. So we always have the greatest guests, people from the world of entertainment, a lot of comics, comedians, because there's nothing that goes better with a breakdown than a delicious comedic performer. And there is none other than one of the greats, one of the best people working today, and his special for the masses can be seen on Amazon Prime. Mr. Eddie Pepitone returns to the show today, and I'm thrilled to have him because Nobody is funnier, nobody is darker, and no one is more spiritual. So that combination is makes him very rare. Now, today on the show, we're going to talk about a couple things. We're going to talk about food and mood, the connection between food and mood. We're going to talk about sustainable mental health. What would that be for you? What would that be for me? I don't know. Let's talk about it. We're also going to talk about habits and maybe rest, which is something I'm not familiar with. I don't know if you are, but it's, it's, it's kind of a hard thing, kind of a challenge. Now, there are a lot of shows coming to the Mental Health Comedy Network. This is a network which connects comedy with uh, emotional well-being, but also tries to stay with the times and the, stream, the times of the shows that are on the streamers. So a couple of the shows coming out soon will be How to Stuff a Wild Emotion. This is a cooking show that's part 50s beach-style movie about a mixed cast of chefs who try to help each other deal with uncomfortable emotions while pushing down their feelings with diverse, mouth-watering bread products. That's how to stuff a wild emotion. And then another show that I'm looking forward to is, is Back Sassen. Back Sassen centers on a group of scientists who, whose fear of anger propels them to develop time travel superpowers. Their skill, being able to stop famous assassins. John Wilkes Booth, Mark David Chapman, Sirhan Sirhan, James Earl Ray, they're all thwarted by the Back Sassen team. Just like the A-team, but it starts with a B. When Sassen is deadly, but also a celebration. That's Back Sassen. Some emotional shout-outs for you to welcome people out there, whatever state you're in. If you need a conspiracy theory day planner, welcome. If you can't wait for COVID to be over so you can go out and resent people in person again, welcome. If you respond to good news with the words, whatever, welcome. If you're excited that David Attenborough's Instagram is blowing up, welcome. 
If you're super excited to turn this pandemic into a candemic, welcome. And if you're beating yourself up even now, there's always a place for you right here on the Mental Health Comedy Podcast. We do have a, a sponsor, but I'm going to talk about him a little later. This is an amazing uh, uh, product and person. This is a real thing. But I want to bring in Jennifer Kalari. Jennifer, we have been through a lot mm-hmm. and continue to go through a lot. And your, your practice, I'm sure you're, you're busy night and day yes. talking to people, trying to talk them down. Yes. I think this is a time when people are really struggling with food, the isolation and, and their feelings. And that's a, that's a combination that's really tough. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you both let yourself off the hook? Because it is such a stressful time, but at the same time, not numb yourself so much with food or stuff yourself so much with food because it's one of the few comforts mm-hmm. that you that you don't get crazy from all of the stuff that you're putting in your body. Yeah, yeah. This this is a tough one, and so I want to break this down for a little bit because food is um food is an issue for a lot of people, and when you can't go out and you can't do things the way that you did before you know, sitting and watching TV and, and eating and eating is something that, that people are doing a lot of. And it's often an anxiety response. We, we talk about it as emotional eating often, but there's two kind of responses that people have with food if they're anxious. So one is to not eat at all, which is a problem. So people have a lot of anxiety and who are really stressed and they're really worried about the world and they're just always, you know, their stomach is in knots. They don't eat at all. So there's a whole bunch of people who just aren't eating. Um, and then there's people who soothe and comfort themselves when they're super anxious, they eat more. And the more anxious you are, the more drawn you are to comfort foods, which happen to also be mostly carbohydrates, which break down into sugar, which create more cravings. And then you're sort of mad at yourself because your body starts to sort of take over. And just the more food you eat like that, the more food you want to eat like that and nothing else tastes good. So then you add... Ding, 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 ding. Ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. throw some self-loathing in there. So part of it is, <laughs> right. So <laughs> that's a hard one. And people, you know, there's like, so, the, so the people who don't eat, and the, there are a lot of people like this who get so anxious that they can't eat food. I suggest something called the three bite rule. And it sounds so silly, but you really have to understand this. Basically every hour and a half to two hours, you need to eat three bites of a protein. So if you're, and I, I have so many clients who just don't eat, they won't eat. They go you know, all day long and not eating. So it's, it's basically three bites. That's all you need. It just keeps the, the, your sugar levels up. I mean, obviously you should have meals on top of that, but every couple of hours you need to snack a little bit and you have to make sure that it's a protein and that will help your mood and it will help your anxiety. It absolutely does. So what happens is when you get really hungry is your body basically is sending you all of these signals. You start to get cranky. You start to get agitated to make up for the fact that you don't have enough energy in your body. And the brain is always interested in survival. It just wants you to be okay. So to compensate for the fact that you're hungry and or tired, it's going to make you irritable and snappy and angry and therefore more anxious. So feed your anxiety with a, a, a protein snack every couple of hours. It's very hard to do. It's the last thing in the world people want to do that don't want to eat. Feed a cold, starve a fever, feed your anxiety. Your anxiety. You're saying feed your anxiety. Well, first of all, pay attention to it, right? Because mm-hmm. because there's automatic eating too, right? There's mm-hmm. unconscious. I mean, I used to stand in front of the refrigerator. When I lived by myself, I would stand in front of the refrigerator for two hours and I'd keep the door open with my hip 
and mm -hmm. I would I would eat, and I'd say that the Krasnick family crest is a man and a woman polishing off a box of doodads in the dark. <laughs> We'd eat in the dark, and standing up, and and is it okay? You know, if you can say to yourself, "I need this. I'm going to nourish myself," but I'm going to have a piece of cake right now. I'm going to have well, something because thing. if you're standing over the fridge, standing there looking at everything, you're not hungry. Right. If you were hungry, you you're would looking grab for something what, else. Yeah, you would grab whatever's there, like yeah. you would eat, right? So if you're lounging around in front of the fridge and opening all the cupboards, you're you're emotionally eating. You're you're trying to deal with something emotional. Yeah. Well, that's my that's my prerogative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. That is my prerogative as an American. Yes, as an Amer I'm proud American. Yeah. Eddie Pepitone, did I say enough about you? Did I say that you also have a show called Live from the Bunker and that they can find it on Instagram Live? Oh, no, yeah, you didn't do that. Um, didn't do that. But let me ask Jennifer. Jennifer, I'm vegan. Mm -hmm. Me and my wife are vegan. Awesome. So pro protein, so you're saying... Uh, you know, key, you know, have a protein thing uh, every hour and a half. Yep. It's so edamame. <laughs> edamame. Yep. Nuts, seeds. But yes, I I really relate to that. Like, it is amazing with the carbs that the more I eat, the more I want. And as a matter of fact, as you were talking about them, I just was visualizing a baguette. Right. Yeah. Uh, yep. Mm -hmm. But here, that's a like, wow. that's a syndrome. Yeah. That's a syndrome. Yep. Well, I've heard of that. Here's the, the thing about that. The, yeah. The more you eat like that, the more that's all that tastes good. Right. And then it's not even your. Is food. that right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Why is that? It it just has to do. It it really creates carving. It messes up your insulin levels, mm. and it just creates oh. cravings. It makes creates cravings, right? Craving. So your body thinks that you're hungry all the time when you're not, but every fiber of you feels like you are. Yes. So yeah. it, you, you just ha and it's not that carbs are bad. It's just you want to make sure that you're you're not overeating carbs and that you're coupling yeah. protein yeah. when you can. You also don't want to be eating too much protein. But so so for the people who are super anxious, food is medicine. Right? So if you're actually eating a balanced diet, not and your insulin levels aren't going crazy, and you're eating a nice amount of protein, you're going to feel better. You're going to be less anxious, and you're going to be happier. For people who overeat or who eat a lot of carbs, you it just makes you hungrier. There's no end to it. You're just right, hungry right. all the time. Where, yes, I, I totally agree with that. Where does the spiritual component come into this? Really good question. Because, yeah. because that's what I, I, I've also been working on a lot because I, I, you know, the eating isn't uh, for me these days. It's even though, yeah, I am anxious somewhat, but it's not, I don't have my, I don't have intense anxiety. And I think the eating is just kind of like, you know, because of COVID and there's less to do. It's like, Oh, Oh God. You what know, a, it's like, uh, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, but boredom, I always kind of try to analyze what boredom is. Mm -hmm. And it's, 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 it's a spiritual thing, I think. It's like boredom is this kind of resignation. It's kind of a depression, you know. And I feel like if I can, like, consciously be grateful for mm -hmm. certain things, if I can consciously breathe, mm 
and connect to like a stillness. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to throw well, in the that, spiritual that's hugely important, that. right? What you're saying is huge, right? So, so the, yeah, the first thing you want to be thinking about, well, we'll come back to boredom for a second, but food and spirituality, spirituality and eating and spirituality, it's really important to think of this body that you're in. Like it, we just take it for granted. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. The stuff that our yeah. bodies can do every minute from mm-hmm. second to second is astonishing. And what do we oh, do all oh, day you've long? you've seen my work. You've seen my work. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, your body is incredible. It's a it temple is, that people visit. People are visiting the temple. Right, and everybody complains about it all the time. They look at, oh, look at me. I look old. I look fat. I hate what I'm wearing. Like, oh, I know. So I know. Right? No. But I if know. you just looked in the mirror and went, this is unbelievable. Like, I can't believe what my body can do. My eyes work. My ears work. I'm standing up straight. Yeah. I'm a thousand muscles just to smile. Like, this is incredible. If you actually mm-hmm. feel present in what your body does for you every minute of the day and concentrated mm-hmm. on that, concentrated on, you know, if you, your movement and how, how you, you know, all the things that your body can do, if you focused on that, you would literally change things right there. Is that right? Absolutely. How many people do that? How many people actually are grateful that their body works? And you, you know, you often hear about many people whose bodies don't work, who are not able-bodied, and and how they adjust or don't adjust. Yeah. And really, when you think about it, I mean, look, I can. I just took a walk on the beach. I'm the luckiest person in the world. Right. Okay. I can complain about all kinds of things, but but truly, truly, I'm the luckiest person in the world, and that's why. Eat, pray, love. I was going to say Eddie and I should get together and just watch that film. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's it, and that's the whole thing right there, right? If you walk around, yeah. going, oh, I'm tired. Oh, I don't know. The other thing too, Eddie, is when you eat a lot of carbs, you feel exhausted. You do. It makes you very uh, sluggish yeah. and very tired, and it drains your energy. Like just yeah. do an experiment. Anyone who's listening, sit down and eat it like a, a vegan meal or a healthy meal, a vegetarian meal, any any kind of meal without carbs, just 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 without the heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. And pay mm-hmm. attention how you feel after. You will actually feel energy. You'll feel lifted up if you actually concentrate on how your body feels. You'll feel a little little zip. Whereas if you eat something very, very heavy and dense, you have that. We all know that feeling. It's like when you've had one too many pancakes. You know that feeling. It's that heavy, like ugh. Mm, kind yeah. of feeling which we get used to and yeah. we ignore but that's and, ignoring that and my gluten my gluten-free people because i've been gluten-free for years and and honest to god the reason why i'm gluten-free is because i would eat an entire box of cereal like day one day to the next day if i was in trouble emotionally i would stuff my feelings with crazy stuff and i had probably bagels and every day of my life and I be I had yeah. so much that I used to date somebody who said you should change your name to Bread Krasnick, and that you have a film of carbohydrate covering your mm-hmm. head, and you should have a carbohydrate conveyor belt in your kitchen. Mm. This is how I became uh, allergic, and and had and developed other food allergies. It's that's another thing. If you're a person that eats the same thing every day over and over again, it's mm. not good for you. It is not good for you. So a varied, balanced diet. I mean, I, I say it, I don't do it, but I say it. Well, the other thing too, is when you are in connection with your body and you're appreciating your body, no matter what it can do, you can always find the things 
that it does well, right? If you have pain in your back, then think about how your knee doesn't hurt. Like actually take your mind and focus mm -hmm. on where you do have mobility, where you do feel good, where you can move. It sounds so ridiculous, but this is actually training your brain to feel very differently yeah. and have a different relationship with your body. And then, then you can have balance, then you can eat a baguette. And so what? Then you're fine, right? Like it, this is not about oh, like, good. that is bad. It's just, <laughs> eat, listen, it's back to what I talk about all the time, lining up with love, not fear, right? If, you, if you're mm. walking around all day, I shouldn't eat this. Somebody's going to see, I, I really shouldn't. And you feel guilty and you feel stressed out about eating it. Then your brain is going to register lack. And it doesn't understand what's happening. It just thinks that you're going to be starving. Someone's going to take all the bread off the planet and you're never going to eat it again. If you walk through the grocery store, I could have that if I want to. I can have that. There's plenty of that. At moment to moment, I could have that if I want to, but I'm just going to choose now not to have it. Right? If you can even just get mm. your brain to not think in terms of lack, yeah. it makes a difference. Yeah. That, that is a huge point, lack, because mm -hmm. I think what, what, what happens is that because the brain is so, because we orient ourselves towards what we don't have so much, it's we feel like it's not possible. We feel like there is lack and mm -hmm. we don't have it. And the, the truth is that we have a lot. Like in terms of the in terms of the greater world right now, we have a lot. We're the three of us are talking, and we have a lot. You yep. know, right well, now. Well, the thing is, the thing is too is that we live in a consumeristic mm -hmm. culture yep. that it pivots on convincing us that we need this, we need this, we need this. We're we're never enough. Correct. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And when and when you adhere to it and then all of a sudden, you know, if you watch the social dilemma or you you look at some of the work that's been done with addiction to phones and addiction to technology, this is the perfect storm because because you get all your information through this technology and then all of a sudden you're it's what you what you're lacking is is a connection to the world. Like we think that that, I mean, you, you're taught to think that that connects you to the world. It actually disconnects you from the world, from the real world. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. um, anyway, that's my, that's my speech for tonight. I'm Ed Krasnick. Please see me. <laughs> I'm at the Knights of Columbus Hall. But Eddie, I wanted to, I wanted to just ask you, so you are somebody who balances really different things that don't, seem to work together but you balance them mm. so beautifully and that is a tremendous darkness <clears throat> a, tre a tremendous sense of humor a tremendous stillness and spirituality and awareness and you're somebody who you told me that when you wake up it looks like there was a murder scene there what does that mean? <laughs> how do you balance all that how, how does that how does all of that <laughs> coexist first of all you're giving me too much credit because I, I don't have an easy time with it at all. I, I find that uh, meditation part is hard for me to do these days. One rule I've given myself that has really helped me is I will not look at any media for the first two hours I'm up. And I've just adhered to it. And it's really helped me because when this pandemic when this pandemic first hit, I was reading the New York Times. I was dwelling on CNN because there's an addiction to, uh, at least for me, to no, catastrophe, to disaster. 
you know, it's like, oh my God, this is so exciting. We're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I bought into, again, you know, the consumerist culture is also news. It's like consume, you have to watch. Breaking news is designed, right, to hook you in. Mm-hmm. It's designed to hook you in. Oh my God, I got to hear this. What's breaking? And you realize what's breaking is what's been breaking for the last hundred years. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So constantly breaking, constantly breaking. And 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 I'll uh, you know I'll tell you it's it's we forget that these things are they're something they're tools, but they're not something to run you. They're not something to run your life. It's a tool. The computer is a tool. The phone is a tool. That you get the news yeah. to know what's going on, but it's not a way of life. It's not a way of living. People actually believe, mm-hmm. and this is what's wrong, people actually believe that what they read on Facebook is news. Mm-hmm. Years ago, the news would be on in the morning, maybe midday, mm-hmm. dinner, yeah. and the evening. And then the rest of the time, there wasn't, it, and maybe at a paper, right? But it's on constantly 24 hours a day now, feeding you. Yeah. You know, that's funny, Jennifer, because I remember when, yeah, it was like, oh, it's the six o'clock news. And then the next time was 11. Yeah. You know? Right. You right, had a life right. in between, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 C- CNN came in and they made 24 hour news and that was it. And they found out that news could actually make money. Fear makes money. Right? Yeah. Well, well that's fear true. Drives the news, right. Yeah. Like, like they realized that we, we talked about earlier. Uh, the divisiveness of the country, mm-hmm. you know, and that is such a product of the news. Like, you know, Fox blames the uh, the the Dems, and you know, CNN and MSNBC blame the Republicans, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, it's a blame game, and it's like, you know, it's a anyway it's just such a mess it is a mess but you know what's so interesting and and people don't realize this if you actually had the real news on like what was actually happening moment Mm. to moment in people's lives it would be good news good news good news somebody helps somebody somebody gives up their parking spot somebody's nice somebody helps a neighbor bad news right and then a bunch of good news bad news is actually a blip if you you think about how your actual day goes with your own eyes what do you see Neighbors helping each other, people getting along, people paying attention to signals. Like you would not know right. that from watching the news. The news is not an accurate rep- representation of reality. It's not. Just think about yeah, it. Yeah. And, right. and and if you and once you get this, once you ingest this stuff, if you do unplug and you get away from it, like you're saying, Eddie, for a couple hours in the morning, I you realize that. That, that that you realize that you're so much bigger than the media that surrounds you. Yeah. You're so much bigger. Yeah. Eddie, do you also do that at night before bed? Do you make sure you're not watching the news before bed too? You know what? Maybe I need to do that um, yeah. because I tend to kind of do more computer browsing at night. in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. I bit, usually recommend bit. like at least an hour before bed. You can do something else. Just don't watch the news. Don't go to sleep with right. that emotional vibration yeah. set. Your body's set yeah. to the channel when you close your eyes, right? No, I don't watch the news. I don't watch the news, but I, I, I've gotten kind of into, you know, I, I subscribe to New York Times and I'll look at a, an update on Corona or an update yeah. on, 
you know, Trump, you know what I mean? Like that kind yeah. of stuff. Well, like, how, how you go to sleep and how you wake up, you got the wake up part. How you go to sleep and how you wake up really sets mm-hmm. the tone for your day. Right? It really does. The other thing I want to say about news, and obviously you need to have some news. It's, it's always about balance mm-hmm. right in the middle. But the news cycle, because it's based on fear, mimics what the brain does. So think mm-hmm. about this. If you think, well, it mimics how the brain handles fear. So think about this for a second. Let's say you say to yourself, Ooh, I got an ache. I've had it for a couple of days. I think I'll go to the internet and find out what's wrong. And then I'll find a piece of news that will make me feel better about this pain in my side or whatever it is. Okay. So you go on the internet. Right. And we all know right. how that turns out. It's awful. And you find all these hideous things you could have. Then you feel anxious. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh my God, I can't deal with this anxiety. I'm going to go look again. Maybe I'll find something else that mm-hmm. might make me feel better. And the more you look to find something that makes you feel better, the more you find things that are not going to make you feel better. That's exactly what happens in our heads when we worry. We worry on a loop, right? You think about something, you stress about it, you don't think about it for a second, and the loop runs again. No, 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 you shouldn't be thinking about something else. You should be worrying. And you end up in this crazy loop, and the news is on a loop. It's the same stuff all the time. Yeah, it is. It, it's so true. Yeah, and that is really what's caused. You know, what's what's aided the divide, is the demonization of of, of people, the, of the separating of people. Yes. You, yeah. you you separate people. You say, well, if you if you vote this way, you have to be this, and if you vote that way, you have to be that. That's when people stop talking, and that's mm-hmm. when you have reactivity. That's when you have a, a divide. So that's why I moved to Norway. I always keep a go bag ready for Norway. You get a little go bag together, you put some protein in there and get, you know, just so you know. Yeah, that's what I do. And Eddie, you've said this before. It's, it's very funny in your in your show. Yeah. But the idea that we've become so desensitized to tragedy and to what what real, uh, mm. you know, what what's really going on, that you can be eating a snack while you're watching a beheading. And it's and it's like, what is yeah. going on yeah. here? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, a beheading is actually funnier, but I, I it's like, uh, like I've actually looked at hurricanes as entertainment. Do you know what I mean? The way it's broadcast on the news, like, and uh, you know, Edda is gonna make downfall. Yeah, I mean, gonna make landfall. You know, and yeah. it's like, yeah. oh my god, this is going on. Oh my god. I think it's overstimulation is another way to put it. It has to do with adrenaline, right? Eddie, you said it a minute ago, mm. almost like an addiction. So adrenaline yeah. is a stimulant. Like it, yeah. it works the same way Adderall and Vyvanse works. It stimulates the frontal lobe, the part of the brain that plans and organizes and inhibits and motivates. So it, it actually is a stimulant. Right, so it, it becomes how we regulate. I mean, kids do this all the time by fighting with their siblings and bugging their siblings, and or you know, starting up with their parents. They want they want this blast of adrenaline, which then brings the brain into balance. That's what we're doing when we're looking at horror movies, scary shows, or you know, checking the news for the latest you know catastrophe. We're using that adrenaline to regulate. Well, how do we do that naturally? How do we get in balance naturally then without that? Well, that's, so that's a good point. So there's, I mean, there's some really fun ways to do it. That's what sports are for, right? That's what bo- playing cards. I love that. Right? Oh, I, mm-hmm. yeah. right? We, yeah. that's how we play cards and games. That's why humans love mm-hmm. that stuff. Right? That we, we're in competition. We're having fun. That's why kids you know, wrestle with each other. And there's lots of lovely ways to get it. And there's nothing wrong yeah. with watching those things. Just don't watch it all day long. 
right? Just just make right. sure that you have a, a little oh, yeah. apartment for yeah. it. Yeah. And then you have other yeah. ways. And just, and well, I was just going right. to say, Ed, that the truth is, you know, when we are adrenaline seeking, which is also video games, it's why people play games on their phones. We're looking for that constant, steady hit of adrenaline. Mm. And we're also mm-hmm. looking for dopamine, right? And dopamine is a hormone that gives right. us that kind of zap. And it's actually designed... To, you know, to reward us for doing something really boring, like building a house or, or a shelter or fishing or hunting, like something that takes a really long time and a lot of concentration. So when you finally get that thing mm-hmm. done, you get a blast of adrenaline, you get a blast of dopamine. That's what the reward is for, right? So you get excited by this thing you just did. And then because it was so boring and hard, you remember the really good feeling, which makes you want to do it again. But with ah. media mm-hmm. and, and you know, video games and Snapchat, or at least mm-hmm. instant little gratification things that you get gambling, everything is like this. Food is also mm-hmm. like this. You, you get that sort of um, rush from it. And then the thing, about it, the thing about dopamine actually is you need more of that thing to get the same thrill that you got the last time. Sugar is a perfect example of this. That's why right, you just right. keep having, needing more to get the same feeling that you got last time. So then you're out of balance. Mm-hmm. I really want to, something happened. I, I was in San Diego. I was at a place called Moonlight Beach, which is a very beautiful uh, place. And there was a snack bar there. And you know, you're at the beach. You think <laughs> it's a snack bar. It What could be in a snack bar? Nothing good, nothing nutritious for sure. Nothing supposed to be nutritious there. So I have one of these Hawaiian ice things. And I started talking to the guy behind the cash register. Turns out the guy is a naturopath. He's a doctor. And what he does is he specializes in creating nutritious meals and food for the entire community at this snack bar. And he has a company called, it's called aquapurenutrition.com. And he is going to be a new sponsor of this oh, show. Awesome. And, and it is, hmm. uh, it's unbelievable. This guy has the patent on all of these kinds of things that are nutritionally based, but that help kids with nutrition in third world countries that help kids in communities and schools, even professional uh, athletics. And it's very interesting. And he has he has such a consciousness about helping people and about giving back. Dr. Mike down there at aquapurenutrition.com. They have sandwiches, they have vitamins, they have jelly beans that are made for kids, but that have amino acids in them and that have different things to help their their development to help their brain development. It's really interesting what he's doing down there. It's That's a whole world, amazing. but you would never, you would never know it. I mean, you're tasting the food and you're like, this is amazing. What is this? He said, well, it's not Gatorade. It's a natural drink that I've created. <laughs> and I'm amazing. like, what the hell? I got to tell you my instinct about this guy is I don't like him, but go ahead. <laughs> you think he's up to something. Yeah. yeah. What's he what's he trying to pull is your whole angle. Um yes. yeah, but I but I honest to God, I would say go to aquapurenutrition.com and check out what they're doing. And if you're in San Diego, you happen to be at Moonlight Beach, go visit the cafe or in Oceanside, go visit the cafe. Go down to talk to Mike, talk to Dr. Mike at at Moonlight Beach, and you will not believe how amazing these things taste and that they're all homemade and they're all made there. And and, and we said, you know, mixed nutrition, varied diet. It's the same with mental nutrition, right? So awareness and and doing different things at different times for yourself. Mm 
you know, whether it's the breathing or whether it's the exercising and, or whether it's just being aware of something and just noticing a thought and letting it go, letting it go through. This is a constant thing that, that, you know, anybody can learn, anybody can practice. It's challenging to do, but just to shout it out, just to call it out is enough sometimes, Mm -hmm. just to call it out. By the way, one of the big, like, spiritual things that that I'm realizing is a theme in all these spiritual masters is the addiction we have. Our ultimate addiction is to thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like thinking is the enemy. <laughs> I don't mean to put it like that, but it's yeah. like what we need to do is, you know, not go down the rabbit hole yeah. of our thoughts and you know, we could turn on the TV and what we're doing is going down the rabbit hole of whatever is on the television, the thoughts of that. Like if it's the news, you know, and they're talking about Trump not conceding, then we go down that rabbit hole with them. Oh, what's going to happen when Trump doesn't get big? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but, but in general, thoughts are, well, for someone like me, they're never that good. It's My thoughts are always about oh, this is uh, not going to work out. I'm going to be homeless very soon. You know what I mean? Like, That's like on and on and on. Most people do that. Honestly, most, we do. What I'm reading lately is that we need to go beyond thoughts, which means to get in touch with our bodies and our emotions yeah. and just kind of witness. That's the word they use mm-hmm. all the time is witness our thoughts. Now, this is really difficult because our identities are so intertwined with our thoughts, but it's not who we really are. And this is the kind of path I've been going down with spirituality. This is huge, right. though. This is this is huge. It's not even that the thoughts, it's what you think about. Your, your yes. world is a mirror of what you are focusing on. Yes, it, you magnify whatever you focus on. Absolutely. So if yeah. you focus on what's wrong and you focus what's going to go wrong, your body then becomes addiction addicted to it. It's a whole psychoneurobiology. But if you learn to just take a second and, and maybe you just maybe for 15 seconds you're able to think about something neutral or something else. And then right. your brain grabs you and you start thinking about negative things again. And you just constantly work yes. away at this, work yes. away at this until you find that most of the day you're actually thinking about neutral things or positive things. You will change your body chemistry. You will change yes. everything. Not even positive, just neutral. Even neutral. General. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, have you ever heard of a guy named David Hawkins? No. Mm, no. Okay. But David Hawkins. Well, yeah, I think so. He's got, he's got several books. But one of them is called Letting Go, and I recommend that one. His whole thing is like just constantly surrender. And, Ed, you were talking about allergies, you know, to Brad or whatever. And, um, like, he makes the case that, you know, it's all – it's like if we think, you know, things are bad, they're going to be bad for us, (laughs) you know? Like, it's all, again, about the focus of the mind. It's like – it's like he talks about how amazing the body is as well, uh, as long as you get your your brain out of the way. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, because of the negative thinking, it's like just surrender your 
your thinking. Just surrender it. You just go, I, you just let it go. I mean, that's why the book is called Let It Go. You just go, let it go. Okay, that's what they pass like they clouds. Do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a really, unless you, unless you really identify with them. In. Yeah. And you may, and you make meaning out of it. If I think this, it has meaning. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm this kind oh, of yeah. person, or I'm that kind of person. I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. I'm a bad person. I'm not enough of a person. But I think you said something really important too, Eddie, which is the idea that you are separate from other people right away. Mm-hmm. the The idea that that your identification is that I'm this this way, and other people are that way. We're all the same. We're all, anytime you get a separate message, you know, it's a lie. You know, it's not the truth. That's why being lied to as a country, it's just not true that there are these people and those people. It's just not Mm -hmm. true that that it's only red and blue. They're human beings who forgot that, you know, that we're, we're all human beings. We all are the same and we're not separate. Mm -hmm. We're not separate. Right. You're talking about non which is a big thing in the spiritual work I, I've been reading too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you, and you're talking about a being state too. Uh, people, you know, the feeling of actually being for a second, whether it's breathing or something like that, not doing, but actually sitting and just being, not doing anything and having that sensation is a wonderful, you know, even if it's for a second, if you can feel it for a second, you can feel it for, for a lifetime. We have to remember that feelings are information. And if you mm. ignore information, your brain doesn't like that. It's going to resend the information. And if you didn't lean, listen to it this way, it's going to resend it another way, right? So the more you run away from your feelings, the more your your brain is just going to keep sending them. So I love what Eddie was saying. You literally turn, feel it, sit in it, mm-hmm. like surrender to it a little bit. Just just be in that space for a bit. Just think of it as waves on the beach or being on a trampoline. When you go down, you're going to go up and that contrast is so important. You, you wouldn't have happiness without it, right? But what happens is these dark moments and we think this is how it is. It's never going to change. It's going to be this way forever. No, it's not. Like, I mean, you might go through something, but it will end. And as long as you're looking at it and people go through terrible, terrible things and come out mm-hmm. as learners and come out stronger. I mean, human beings are unbelievably resilient. They really yeah. are. And we're not the thinker of our thoughts. That's what most people don't realize. You are not your thoughts. So the second you observe yourself thinking and you observe yourself feeling, you become something else, right? So mm. surrendering, yeah. letting go, and then go neutral. Find something go else neutral. to focus on. Just and, and even if you can do it for a few seconds, if your brain pulls you back to the negative, okay, then fight again a few seconds later. Keep Put up a little fight. And watch how quickly your brain will create neural pathways that support you going the other way. That's the thing that I want everyone to understand. You are the architect of your own brain. And you, you create yeah. it by what you think about and what you focus on. You can direct your brain and it can go in many different directions, not just one direction. It's not automatic. No. First, it's willpower, right? And, but after a while, it becomes more and more natural. Just like learning any skill, this is a skill. And it, you know, if you want to get better at this, one of the things you can try, which seems completely unrelated, but it's great, is when you're going to sleep at night, pick a place that makes you feel comfortable. You know, Don't choose a place that you have any negative feelings around, but just a place you're quite familiar with. Could be a childhood, your grandparents' home or a childhood home, doesn't matter. And wander through it. 
Just wander through. In your room, mind. In your mind. Room in by your room. Mind. Open the drawers. You'll first of all, you'll be blown away at how much your brain can actually remember. But second, the real thing you're doing is you're actually creating neural pathways to take your brain where you want it to go. It's practice for your brain. Right. And then you suddenly realize, oh, I forgot where I was. What was I? Oh, I started thinking about something. Oh, right. I was in the kitchen looking through my childhood kitchen. And then back you go and you do it. And you could use different spaces every night. Practice. Build the neural pathway mm. to control where your mind goes. And you will find that you get better and better at it. And that, when you get better at that, suddenly when you really need it, when you want to stop worrying, guess what? It's not just willpower mm. anymore. You actually have hardware to back it up. That actually is a great thing to do. Great thing to do. It, just before you go to bed, to imagine, just mm -hmm. to use the power of imagination. That's also how you can use the uh, technology, too. Because, like, for instance, I have a... Uh, a beautiful DVD of flowers in the Sonoran Desert. Gorgeous. And it is just gorgeous. Like they take you through the seasons and how the different fauna changes. Boy, that is just like wow. a lovely place to go. That's you know beautiful. what I mean? In your head. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you could do that in your head. We do both. It, isn't, it, isn't it amazing that even with technology, like you say, it's so surprising like CBS mm -hmm. Sunday Morning, the show, they have a moment of silence where they take you to a nature. They, they take you to they take you to an amazing place in America, mm. and it's always in nature. And they have nothing but the sound of what's going on there, whether it's an ocean or a brook or a place or a, a forest. It stays on for one minute, mm -hmm. and I swear to God, that one minute can cleanse your whole day. Mm -hmm. That one minute. They should have that on. 24 hours a day. <laughs> oh, seriously. Seriously. It's amazing that this comes through technology, but it gives you the same feeling. Mm -hmm. right. It gives you the, and now you can have it in your, now you can have it in your head. You use both. You can use the visual to calm down, but the practice of doing that before you go to sleep in your own mind, wander through a field of flowers. It sounds so silly and corny, but first of all, your brain can't tell the difference. It cannot. Your midbrain does not know the difference between you actually being there and imagining it. There is no difference. Right. Um, and if you take your, your awareness there, your consciousness there, you're practicing the skill of directing your thoughts, which is a good skill to have. Mm -hmm. hey, th this is so important. Anybody, you know, and I'm going to I'm going to actually practice this today. I'm also thinking of starting a whole s string of emotional escape rooms. <laughs> They're I escape that. rooms, That's what this is. That's but they're emotional escape rooms. It's like, oh, there's somebody, you know, there's something you don't want to face behind that door. Here's a clue. <laughs> and because pe people love escape rooms and they love paintball. So if we can put emotions to it, maybe, maybe it'll be a good thing. You want to open it with me, Eddie? We'll open it. Well, yeah, I was also thinking of, uh, as far as paintball, just the Matisse uh, water lily paintball. And uh, <laughs> It's, uh, nice. you know, it doesn't draw the same crowd, but, yeah. uh, it's, <laughs> and it's not as competitive, but it's good. It's good. <laughs> you, you do an impressionist painting, uh, you actually have elements of it. Now, of course, those painters uh, struggled a lot with their feelings, but, but that's for another show at another time. I just think what we're talking about, you know, you know, surrendering and kind of, um, uh, you know, being the master of your own thoughts with that kind of practice is mm -hmm. so 
so important to, to mental health. And mm-hmm. it actually is something that isn't talked about a lot because nope. it's antithetical to the capitalist consumerist uh, paradigm, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. And then this is this is the kind of stuff that can be practiced and, and really needs to be taught. If you're teaching kids this. So they grow up knowing this. I mean, how unbelievable wow. is that? You right? do that, yeah. I don't. I've never had kids, but I thought kids are just naturally like brilliant, and kids are naturally go to those spaces. Well, yeah. But I, I guess they then learn. They learn. That gets learned out of them, right? Like, and I work with kids all the time. I mean, that's primarily what I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I teach mm-hmm. self parent, but also to help with you know teach these skills to their kids. And children are mm. they're natural experimenters and they're they have beautiful imaginations. They they have no problem imagining, right? They're really good at that. That that they actually lose that later on in childhood. But we have bells and you've got to do this and you gotta sit still and you have to and there's yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. You have to learn how to function in the world. But when they're always on screens and they're not in their imaginations playing, that's a really important skill that children are losing. And it's critical. But mm. what I love about this is teaching kids that they're the architect of their brain, that you can design right. your brain by what you're thinking about. That There's so much power in that. Now, the thing I do want to say, though, if there's people listening that have like horrendous anxiety, like anxiety can get so bad sometimes. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to think about my house when I'm, you know, feel like I can't breathe. Right. So right, right. In those moments, really, all you can do is, you know, you can do your breathing, right? Drop your tongue, just try to breathe, tell yourself it'll be over soon. If you have loved ones, they can just kind of soothe you. If you have a gravity blanket, mm-hmm. a weighted blanket, grab that. The, the the stuff that we're talking about is when you're not in full fight or flight, right? When you're when you're fully having a panic attack, you can't think about anything except, you know, Right. right. Yeah, that's almost right. comical, like someone <laughs> right. uh, in, in in a major panic attack and you just yell at them, well, go in your fucking grandmother's house. Right. That wouldn't work. But the rest of the time, this is what you do. And then the next time you have a panic attack, it's not going to last as long. You're going to recuperate, right. recover from it much faster. And and there's nothing wrong with medication. It can be extremely helpful in your journey of finding. It's really helped me. It's really helped me. Absolutely, it's it's a it gives you air, right? But but Mm. I want people to hear. There's so much hope in this. You can do this. It's and it's slow going. It really is. But you wouldn't go to the gym and do one sit up and be mad that you don't have abs. Like right. Like everything else is a practice. It's a practice, and the time to do it is not when you're in panic. Right. The time to do it is when you wake up in the morning. The time to do it is during the day. The time to do it is before you go to bed. The time to do it is any time, and it doesn't have to be for 50 minutes. It can be for 14 seconds. It's just mm-hmm. the consciousness that you're choosing to do this yeah. turns your brain around. You know, it can turn your brain around. That's and right. I would say if there's one thing that this, the theme of this whole show really is encourage imagination, encourage mm-hmm imagination in yourselves and others and then watch cnn and and then you know go have a protein and then go do go do go do other things you know you can do all kinds of things Mm -hmm. encouraging imagination as a tool to deal with your own mental health is like come on yeah and i don't really know who else i'm sure people do but it's not certainly in the mental health community that's not something you hear like when i work with my clients one-on-one or i work with kids one-on-one who have phobias or 
mm. all have kinds of anxiety. I don't do any physical strategies first. We, we do it all in the imagination first. That's it. We do it mm. in, internally first. And then when it's time to actually mm. do the strategies in real life, it's easier. No, it, it just really is kind of, you know, slowly, like Jennifer was saying, uh, getting uh, healthier and more balanced by realizing that so much of our unhappiness or anxiety or depression is because of all these unconscious desires and you know brain activity you know uncon the, the way we've been wired mm -hmm. you know and the way the culture likes to have us wired so we yeah. consume and buy you know absolutely um, well the and the answer is never going to come from the outside i mean obviously we have to have basics but the truth is why do you think every archetype every story every movie the wizard of oz what's the answer always it's always in you, right? Every right. Yeah. That archetype, yeah, we right. know it as human beings, but we forget. And we're told that we need an outside source. We need to buy something. We need to drink something. We need to go somewhere. We need to, you know, mm -hmm. all of this stuff. But really it, it does come from the inside. And, you know, there are people going through some real struggles right now, and that's not going to help people who just lost their job. But the truth is that's, that's all you really have, right? And you have to find happiness in whatever moment. You have to realize mm -hmm. that you have to be present in the now. Um, and that, that's where it comes from, right? If you're anxious, you're living in the future. If you're depressed, you're living yeah. in the past. So take your, it's all about right now. And, and, and when you ask that, when you ask the question of what's going on right now, it's a tremendous relief because all of the things that we're worried about are not happening right now, usually, in this moment. I'm talking about moment to right. moment. Right, and if they are, it will pass, like Eddie said. If you want to see something really funny, if you want to see funny stand-up, like truly funny stand-up, you watch Eddie Pepitone for the masses on Amazon Prime. Awesome. I mean, I'm a stand-up comic. I'm, I'm, of course, we're friends, but I watched <laughs> it as a view, a viewer, and I laughed my ass off. I just <laughs> thought it was so good, and uh, it was such a pleasure to laugh. I didn't really know what laughing was, and then I thought there was something wrong with me, and I called the doctor, but he said, "No, it's okay to just watch the show." And so I watched it, and um, it's great. Eddie, Eddie is a master stand-up. So watch for the masses on Amazon Prime and and tune into the bunk live from the bunker which i believe is Eddie is it Tuesdays and Thursdays? Yeah, Tuesday and Thursday um okay. at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Awesome. Right. I, in, 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 I call it I call it PTSD time. <laughs> <laughs> PTSD. So, so it's a live from the bunker and that's on Instagram live. This is a great conversation. I really appreciate it. I thanks Eddie for, thanks, for coming Eddie. on and for being, you, yeah. being who you are. It's, it's such a pleasure. All right, Eddie, Eddie and Jennifer, thank you guys so much. A pleasure, Eddie. Awesome. Keep coming back. It works. If you work it, I'm Ed Krasnick for Jennifer Kalari for Eddie Pepitone. We will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Take care.